Welcome, everyone, to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting-edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at Mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome everyone, Dr. Mercola, helping you take control of your health. And today we are joined by Catherine Austin Fitz, who is one of the wisest persons or people out there when it comes to respect to understanding finances and how to pragmatically implement that understanding into practical actions you can take and we're hopefully going to prov provide you with some detailed information that you can use. Now, sadly, maybe not so sadly, but but fortunately might be better. Uh, I listened to a magnificent video today that uh, we're going to be launching our site uh, probably the day before this interview airs. It's called Take Control by David Webb. And I would have, have you seen that? Or heard yeah, so David's a good friend of mine. We just published oh my an gosh. We just published an interview with him at Solari Report, but in the annual wrap-up, um, we have a section called the Many Great Takings, where we list, mm -hmm. you know, I think I think we're up to like 40 takings. Well, good. So, this yeah. is so good because that man is, I've never heard of him before, but he was just brilliant. He's a, a former hedge fund investor, I think maybe uh -huh. retired now. And you can give us more history because you know him better. And he wrote this book called Take Control, which... I mean, you just listen to the first few minutes and you know what this man has wisdom. He Right. So the, the book's called The Great Taking. Oh, The Great Taking. I'm sorry. The Great I, Taking. <laughs> was the great and taking. and he, he okay. made it. He did. He also made a documentary, which is mostly him explaining what's in the book. Yeah. 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 It's just great. So I want to dive into that because okay. it, it really it capsulizes the biggest concern I have about the finances. And, and you you two are the, the top leaders in understanding this and, and really in a way that can be communicated to the masses and to the people in control that have the option of making a difference. Cause it doesn't, I mean, the, the, as I undertake it from listening to this uh, interview, not interview, but this uh, video that he did is that, and maybe the documentary just, you described that the, those in control have been planning for at least five decades or more to take it down with very sophisticated, very clever uh, strategies, which you can elaborate on, but essentially they've, manipulated the system with these derivatives, the derivative markets to, to have a, a collateralization of the, of the debt. And what that means is that, and it's literally unknown collateralization because things, things you think you own, you don't. They're collateralized by the people who sold them to you. And at some point when these derivatives collapse, everything, they're going to take control of everything and, and you're going to be out of luck. So that's my understanding of, and I'm sure you can provide a more accurate and sophisticated <laughs> takeaway on this and help us understand it because that's the bad news. And I think we need to understand the bad news before we get motivated about the good news. Okay. So, so I decided for our annual wrap up after I, I just did an interview with David, who, as I said, is a good friend. And, um, I decided for our annual wrap-up that I, I normally have a section called Bizarro World, but this year for the annual wrap-up, we decided to do one called The Many Great Takings mm -hmm. because it's really important when you look at what David is talking about to put it into context of all the financial takings because he's mm -hmm. describing one of them, okay, not all okay. of them. All right, good. That's and, good. 
Right. And it's very important to me that we understand all of them, because the most important question for me is, what can I do? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, what can I as an individual do? What can I as an investor do? What is I as a state or local legislator can do? What can I do? So my focus is hugely on remedies, not problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and when it comes to remedies, you want to make sure you sequence your remedies against you know, the, the enemy's various tactics, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so sequencing is very, very important when it comes to remedies. And if you look, the, the important thing to understand about the sort of the great taking mm -hmm. is the World Economic Forum has told you what they're planning. It's mm -hmm. 2030 and you have no assets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the question is just exactly how are they going to strip you of your assets, Right. And 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 what David is talking about is stripping you of your securities, you know, but you you need to worry about far more than just your okay. securities. Right. You need to worry about your bank, mm -hmm. uh, which he touches on and does a very good job of sort of describing some of the history of around banking. You have to worry about your real estate. Mm -hmm. You have to real worry about your precious metals and other sort of, you know, currency alternatives. You have to worry about your business and your local investments. And then, yes, you have to worry about your securities. And David is focused on just securities, which is why we did this section called the great taking that goes through everything. Because if you look at how many different ways assets are being stolen and taken, you know, the frightening thing, mm -hmm. Joe, is there's so many of them. And it's amazing that we're all still standing. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how wealthy we are as a society. It's a testimony to our resiliency, for sure. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, so, uh, but let me just describe David and what he's written. And well, done. before you do that, I'm just okay. curious as to why you didn't include food in those assets. Absolutely. I should have included food. Yeah. If you, if you look at the, the many great takings, I think my list is up to 40 or 50. Okay. All right. So it's just your abbreviated <laughs> list. Okay. Well, the, you I, know, I the biggest the one, list. the biggest one is our health. Yes, right. And food right. is intimate with that. If you don't have food, Absolutely. you're not going to be around very long. You right. Know. Right. And so if you look at everything they're doing to control, you know, I call it the great poisoning. Mm -hmm. So so it's both debasement of, of food and health and then, you know, control of the food supply. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely critical. So what I would say, so let, let's talk about the great takings in, in order of priority. Let's do it that way. Sure. The number one thing you have to worry about, or I should say the, you know, the two things you need to worry about is that they cannot get control of your transactions. So the number one thing I worry about is financial transaction freedom. Mm -hmm. And our focus at Solaria for 2024 is totally on helping state legislators in the United States and anybody else who wants help mm -hmm. with protecting financial transaction freedom. Because a sovereign government has the power to do that, working with the banks and the citizens within its jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. And and that's where pushback is critical. If they can get financial transaction control, then they can take everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything, including your children. So, mm -hmm. Well, they need do that to... many times now already. Right. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> you have an intimate experience with financial transaction certainly <laughs> impact. Indeed, right. Indeed. <laughs> right. Right. Imagine if that bank had been the only bank. Yeah. You know, the, the extension I just recently recently realized it wasn't just our bank. The bank owned the um, 
the connection to servicing the transactions, the internet service, I forget what it's called. The online transaction payments, your payment yeah, the service. Payment, payment, payment service. The payment gateway. Payment gateway, that's exactly what it right. was. I, just, I didn't remember the jargon. So the payment gateway, they owned it. Yeah. So as soon as they did it, we had no payment gateway. It was gone. Right. 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 And, you know, we've talked about it. If you dive in and look at the terms and conditions that some of these payment gateways are asking for now, you know, if you don't read and and I can tell you a long drawn out story of sort of my negotiation on the last terms and conditions I refused to sign. Mm -hmm. If you don't read them carefully, you know, buried away on page 135, you're giving them permission to go into your bank account and take everything. Mm. It's frightening. It's really, it's super frightening. Okay, so the sort of number one thing to remedy against is financial transaction control. And um, if you go to Solari, we have something called Financial Transaction Freedom Memo. And, um, you know, and we have a wealth of information we'll go through today, but, you know, it's all there if you want it. So get it, print it out and start looking at all the things you can do to protect yourself from somebody controlling your financial transactions. So that's, to me, that's number one. If they get that, the great taking is on, they take everything. Mm -hmm. real estate, at, you know, securities, everything. So first and foremost, don't worry about your securities. First and foremost, worry about your banking mm -hmm. and, and your transactions. So so that's number one. Um, the second grade taking, of course, intimately involved with that is food and health. Mm -hmm. If they can take your health, if they can control your food and and keep you from getting, um, I love the piece you just did on great dairy, but Oh, you know, that keep, was really good. Yeah, it wasn't that good. The, and, extent, the extension, if I could just interrupt for a moment, is that I just realized right when we decided to run that article that that butter, which is dairy fat, of course, right, is, is actually an essential fat, and everyone needs about one to five tablespoons a day because right. there's there's a very there's an odd change saturated fat in there that gets metabolized to a vital nutrient for, to let your mitochondria run really well on the Krebs cycle. If you don't have it then you run into real serious problems. So it is an essential fat, dairy fat. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, one of the great success pushback stories is raw milk. Oh, so raw yeah. milk is yeah. now legal in 46 states. And that group has been, <laughs> they've been waging war yeah, in the state legislatures. But, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a workaround really. It's technically legal, but it's only for right. pets. But, you know, essentially it's not enforced. So everyone does it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so food, the, the push to control the food system is on because to control financial transactions, they also need to control food. Because mm -hmm. if you can get your food and energy outside the banking system, you can survive without their banking system. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so and this is why we cannot allow a 100 percent digital financial system. Mm. OK, now the third sort of great taking I'm concerned about is the real estate mm -hmm. because we see an extraordinary move, um, you know, being done. It's, it's, it's complicated, but an extraordinary move to take control of the real estate, the land, the real estate that includes farmland, mm -hmm. which is very much related to the food. And, um, and there are all sorts of games that can be played with the banking system to default people on their mortgages. Of course, interest rates and, and inflation mm -hmm. is part and parcel of that, defaulting people on their mortgages and getting control of the land. So that's the, the next great taking. Um, the great taking that I've written well, the most about. Can I just interrupt there? 
So sure. how are they going to take that? Because it's, I mean, it, I acknowledge that it's, it's, it's a so, thing, but so, what, what's the so, process that it occurs? So don't say that they are going to take it because they've been doing it for decades. Okay. If you look at the process of bringing down the home ownership rate mm. and, and taking advantage of people on their real estate, mm-hmm. you know, it's been going on for decades. And it's, of course, it's now it's related to monetary policy, because once you voted on the going direct reset and you injected all that money sort of selectively into one group and inflation then ate everybody up, you know, the, the average payment on the median price home has doubled in America, I think, over the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. So you, you're you seeing the younger generation completely sort of wiped out. Mm-hmm. And that's not unrelated to another great taking, which was the fraudulent inducement of student loans. Mm. I mean, just realize that until recently, most banks, most of the big banks were paying almost 0% for their capital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, student loans were paying 5 to 9%. And people on their credit cards were paying 17%. percent mm which is an extraordinary, you know, it's a, an extraordinary differential in the cost of capital that's literally engineered into the system in a in a very unfair Maybe way. Maybe re- redefine as extortion of <laughs> some, some sort. Right, right. <laughs> but if you look at all the mortgage fraud, the mortgage yeah. servicing fraud, and all the different games that have gone on, you know, including during the financial crisis, the, the steady accumulation of real estate and land mm. has been going on. And what's interesting is, you know, you and I have talked about the importance of moving into real assets between mm-hmm. the end of the financial crisis and the last time I looked at it, which was a couple of years ago, the ownership of land by the, t- the 100 largest landowners in America had doubled. Mm. So while they're getting everybody to buy crypto, they're accumulating, mm-hmm. you know, massive amounts of of land and real assets. Anyway, so so let's turn to what David's talking about. David was a very successful hedge fund manager, and he became a successful hedge fund manager because he saw his family literally get pumped and dumped, you know, mm-hmm. won by the depression and then sort of other games going on in the banking system. And he decided he was going to really understand the economy and then figure out how to you know, to make money in the economy the way it was. And he had a very, very successful career, both in New York, and then he moved his hedge fund back to Cleveland, Ohio, where he was from. And, um, but he, you know, he was, he's a very brilliant guy. And he was one of these people who could really see into things. But after all explaining it to his partners, finally decided to cash in his chips when the financial crisis hit, because he took a look at what was going on in the financial crisis and realized that you can't, you know, you can't have an economy, first of all, where the financial returns are always greater than the GDP and productivity. Mm-hmm. You know, if labor productivity is going down and the GB, GDP after inflation is flat, you know, how can you get 20% returns? Well, the way you get it is with shenanigans, crime, mm-hmm. you know, bizarre monetary and fiscal policy and and all sorts of what I call the plunder economy. Mm-hmm. So he decided, you know, something I'm going to, he made a lot of money as a hedge fund manager. I'm going to cash in my chips and I'm going to figure out what jurisdiction is going is the safest place to keep my money. Mm-hmm. So he literally ended up after much research and traveling around the world in Sweden, um, convinced that their securities custodian system was the safest in the world. Then he moved to Sweden. He ended up as a Swedish citizen. He's got a second passport. And, um, 
And he watched their custodian system deteriorate, which he describes in this book, The Great Taking. Mm -hmm. And he spent years talking with people in the financial system about what was happening and trying to warn them. And he kept running into every obstacle that I'm sure you've run into when it comes to health or I've run into when it comes to federal finances. And, you know, you just kept walking into this official narrative that will not budge or listen. And um, finally, I first heard him make this presentation in 2020. And um, anyway, so he finally has published a book on his theory is that the regulators have created the financial regulators have created a way of of literally through the custodian system, grabbing 100 percent of the security assets as a senior creditor, you know, probably through a default of the derivatives now. In the scheme of things, this is not something I'm particularly worried about. Right, I'm very worried about financial transaction control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm very worried about the theft of money from the federal government and and governments around the world. So there's literally a financial coup going on, you know, stealing assets from sovereign governments. Mm-hmm. So I'm extremely worried about those two things and how that relates to eroding people's family wealth and and real estate and shutting down small business and getting control of food. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about um, a grab of the securities. That would be the last thing you would do if you wanted to strip all assets. I one, if you look at David's research, he Mm -hmm. has his documentation is that the regulators have said they can do this, but Mm -hmm. As of yet, there's no, you know, we don't have a legal pathway mm-hmm. that we can prove is, is oh, okay. it, it, it is engineered. Mm-hmm. The regulators have said they can do it in a, in a private discussion and communication, but we can't find a legal pathway. David believes that legal pathway has been created in the UCC, certainly in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, I have not, you know, as of yet, we are still looking for a UCC expert who can figure this out. Hmm. Um, so if any, if there are any attorneys out there who are UCC experts who are willing to play for our team, please mm-hmm. let me know. Yeah. <laughs> because I have a general counsel who would love to work with you to figure this out. Um, so as of yet, I haven't been able to prove a legal pathway. What we can prove and what David has proved is that there has been an extraordinary effort by the regulators to assert control of all collateral. And I suspect it's because that's what they need to keep the bubble going. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm not worried about a grab of the securities in the near future um, is because I think the way you grab assets is by getting financial transaction control through the banking system. And um, once you have that, you can do everything. You can do 100% of the assets, including securities. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I think financial transaction control is coming, you know, that's coming faster. The other reason I'm not concerned, you know, if I were them, I, it's exactly what I would do to keep the bubble going and to manipulate the markets. But the primary reason is if you look at one of their most successful tools at engineering centralization, it's been the securities markets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I said, after I read David's book, I said, why would a housewife give away the vacuum cleaner when the house is only half vacuumed? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think in terms of sequencing, a grab of all the securities is not, you know, is not near. What David would say is if they get themselves in a corner, um, 
you know, they have to do it. My feeling is they have so many ways out of the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessary. What they're going to do is what I've seen them doing, which is pushing for financial transaction control. And But he, here's what's great about David's research. There, there are a couple of things that's great about David's research. One is no one goes to the bother of doing what they've done that David describes and is documented if there's integrity to the system. Mm-hmm. So I think David has proven yet again that the financial system is lacking integrity and is so um, is so engineered to benefit a few at the expense of the many. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that proves it. The other thing I thought was very good about his book was he describes the game in terms of playing insiders and outsiders through the banking system through... Um, you know, through the Great Depression and how literally your bank could fold, you lose your deposits, but you're still liable for your mortgage. So, you know, and if you look at what happened with SVB or some of the banks earlier this year, it's a similar kind of game. You lose your uninsured deposits, but whatever debts you have are still you know, in the banking system and you can be enforced against you. And of course, that's how you get people's real estate. You know, you abrogate your income obligations to them, but then you hold them accountable for their debts. Hmm. Anyway, so um, it, it's a fascinating book. And because David has done such a an a extraordinary personal journey of trying to get his money to safety and discovering there is no safety, it's a wonderful example of, you know, what you and I've talked about, which is there is no way, there is no way to get away from this. Now, what shocked me, yeah. um, really shocked me. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, cause I, I'm curious to see what you think about this. You know, since 1998, I've been writing about 21 trillion missing from the federal government between 1998 and 2015. Well, and then they put, Right. And then they put put the books dark and it's trillions more since then. But we don't have a number because that 21 trillion is from federal government documents. So I I don't know there when 21 trillion was missing, there was 21 trillion of debt. And now there's 33 trillion of debt. So I'm assuming now there's 33 trillion missing. But, you know, to me, that's the greatest taking of all time, except for debt-based currency, mm-hmm. because that $33 trillion of debt didn't have to be debt. We could have just issued the greenbacks from the treasury. So whether it's the $33 trillion of debt or the $33 trillion missing, you know, that's a $50 trillion plus problem. So mm-hmm. to me, that is the greatest taking. But I've been trying to get people interested in various great takings for the last 20 or 30 years. And what was shocking to me was when David's book went rolling around, mm-hmm. all sorts of wonderful people I know who have large stock portfolios got upset for the first time. Mm. And I thought, why did you think he would be protected? Yeah. Well, he makes he, he has a comment in the Ed towards the end of the movie. Wealthy people think they're special. And you're right. You are. They're saving you for dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but here's the thing. You know, I call it the great poisoning, but you've been writing for, I don't know, I I started reading your website 
it's a long time ago. Over a quarter of a century. In 1997, we started before Google did. Right. So in 19, I, I've been reading you forever. And, and, and you were concerned in 1997 about people's health and what was happening to people's health. Mm-hmm. And you were trying to educate and warn them. And right? I was a Johnny come lately. Believe me, I'm on the shoulders of giants before me. So, right. Exactly. Well, but, but here's the thing. Why, why, if, if it was bad enough for, you know, if you look at all the efforts you and many other great people have been taking to warn people that there was terrible danger, mm-hmm. doesn't it shock you that it just occurred to somebody that there was a problem? No, not really, because they're so sophisticated in their strategies and they understand human behavior and psychology, and they're able to effectively use that knowledge to manipulate their behavior. So it's it's actually predictable from my perspective. It's quite predictable. And it takes an extraordinary amount of sadness or uh, economic woe or challenges, personal challenges to jump out of that, dis- that, that brainwashing, I guess. I, you know, here's the thing. If if someone is trying to kill my children and grandchildren mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by poisoning them with pharmaceuticals and injections and poison in the food and in the spray, but I feel safe because I have a big stock portfolio, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get that. Yeah, you know, it's not a rational response at all if, if you're not brainwashed. Is is my my take? Well, on. I I have to confess, we're all brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. You know, right. but in different areas. You know, it went. It once you. I I think the silver lining of the COVID uh, assault on humanity was it wake woke many people up to the truth right. and the reality that they were previously. There are so many people now. You know, I was perceived as the devil for by a large segment of the population because of my advocacy of vaccine safety and and uh, choice, freedom of choice, but. And they thought that was nuts because obviously vaccines are, are good for all. And you've got to be a remind not to uh, <laughs> volunteer to inoculate yourself with them. But then they began to understand, no, it's a lot worse. <laughs> Just like you said, there's some concern here and it should be voluntary. You shouldn't be forced to take these things. So I have no, no problem with people who are brainwashed and want to take them. That's fine. But it shouldn't be mandated for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You, you strike me as remarkably not crazy. Thank you. <laughs> I strive for that. Rational sanity. <laughs> anyway. So you know, what I wanted to mention, uh, the financial transaction control is, that you, is your primary concern. David seemed to have an interesting strategy, which we could probably discuss, which involves his efforts to educate the public, which obviously is your, by your comments is, has made a difference. And I'm right. not sure why that is. It, uh, partially because he's a very gifted communicator. He's very smart and he, right. he communicates in a way that resonates with people's logic. Right. And he's got, a, he's got the credentials to support it. It's just right. credentials. Right. So, and, and if he can catch his strategy is if he can get enough people close to the center to understand this, that they are, it, yes, they are very wealthy. Many of these people are extraordinarily wealthy, but they are the dessert. Yes. They're not insulated. They are right. not insulated. They're going to be just as messed up as everyone else. And if he can get it, his strategy is to collect enough 
enough of those individuals and convince them to take some action. If you do, then you can prevent this whole thing. Because his contention is that it is salvageable. It's 100% salvageable, but you need you do need some type of reset. And you need to, and I love this suggestion that this whole thing could be monetized by a relatively minor tax on transactions, like a, a fraction of 1%. And we wouldn't need taxes. That amount of revenue that's generated from that transactional fee could fund the entire government if we didn't have to engage in these international wars. Well, here's the thing. If you look at if you look at all the things that are draining our wealth, mm-hmm. you know, I would say the three big ones are what I call, we have a wonderful host in the Slayer Reports who calls them the rackets. Mm-hmm. But it's basically war and organized crime. And if you look at the economy, if you map out the economy bottom up, the amount of money that they are siphoning off and all these takings are siphoning off is so extraordinary. It it always amazes me that we're still standing. Mm-hmm. But but tyranny is unbelievably expensive. And mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. the problem is that it's like a para- it's like a tapeworm. It's like a parasite. It just keeps growing. And that's the cycle we're in. How are we going to, you know, it's reached a point where it's it's destroying and, and the destruction is accelerating that we have to do something. So that's number one. Number two, I would say the, you know, environmental damaging coming from a variety of things, one of which is industrial farming instead of regenerative farming. So we need to switch our agricultural practices. The third is really stopping innovation and or trying to control innovation. I mean, there's been a huge amount of innovation, particularly that could lower the price of energy, mm-hmm. you know, and other things. Um, one of the stories we told on the Solar Report this, this year was um, uh, on, we did one called the 21st century approach to energy. Some, uh, Charlie Stevens, who was in, uh, government in Oregon, a guy came in who'd figured out how to wait, make, uh, sidewalks that I think the maintenance cost was 10%. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Charlie said, you'll never get it done because, you know, it'll, it'll gouge too many interests, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but that's a perfect example in the thousands and thousands of those, not to mention sitting on the you know, on patents for national security. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at all of those, then I would add to the first one, the cost of the control grid. We just published a big um, thing on AI with Whitney Webb. Mm-hmm. And I had a chance to read and do a book review of a book called The Atlas of AI, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, you know, I thought I knew how expense, how environmentally damaging all the hardware is related to putting into place an AI system that can literally govern and run everything. Mm-hmm. It's just so extraordinary. You just can't believe it. Maybe from um, an energy energy consumption perspective? Uh, it's, it's both energy consumption, but it's also all the mining and other things you have to do to produce mm. the hardware and field the hardware. And then what the EMF and EMF radiation does. Yeah. So well, if the EMF you, is relatively localized. It doesn't go out the whole world like some of the like nuclear radiation, but right, right. But I'm I'm talking about having systems, you know, telecommunications and information systems that operate everywhere mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. and you know, so it's going on everywhere anyway. But the the environmental damage is quite well extraordinary. You, you are correct because you know I wasn't considering that perspective, but you've got the the SpaceX implementation of all their low Earth right. Uh, satellites just showering us with 5G everywhere that you right. can't escape. So you are correct. Right. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it's it's 
one of the it's it's sort of a gruesome experiment to try and cost out all the theft and destruction and economic harm Mm -hmm. at the same time after you do it you realize oh wow everything really could work Mm -hmm. it really could work it's quite it's quite amazing and that's why we can't let them get financial transaction control because you know they're they want to do that because you need complete control to keep taking Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. so right you know, obviously one of the ways is use cash, but, you know, for many reasons, it's a challenge. And even though we're endorsing the concepts, I know my own business that we have a small little market in our primary office and it's called Mercola Market. And we don't take cash there for some logistical reasons that are really common in many other businesses. It, it, it's a it's a security control. And then you have to right. be careful. I mean, there's a lot of logistical things, this is, but it's more... Cost effective not to is the, right. is the end result. So I mean, but you know, I would love to if I could, but I don't run my my business from that perspective. So, but and, and other, other businesses would have a challenge with it too. But so that's one. But what are the other ways that we can uh, prevent them from implementing these types of controls? So the the way I'm most focused on right now, and again, um, if you go to Salir Report, go to Financial Transaction Freedom, is there's just a panel on the homepage. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a memo that that has lists of what everybody can do. And the important thing is to do what you're comfortable doing. So, of course, one is using cash. But when you use cash, start talking with the local businesses and finding ways of interacting locally that will give you a lot more local resilience. And, of course, the big one is food, mm-hmm. because I don't know a way of getting food that's safe other than knowing where it's coming from and knowing the people who are producing it. No, that, that that's exactly the case. And ideally you do it yourself, but that's beyond the reach of most people. Well, it was funny, you know, we published, uh, we talked about it before we published pharma food last year on the annual mm-hmm. wrap up. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be the least popular thing we'd ever written mm-hmm. because it's so horrible. It's so gruesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, we just have to warn people. I don't care how unpopular it is. Well, it turned out it's wildly popular because all the fresh food people are using it to market their fresh food. Mm. And my favorite feedback was one subscriber said, my husband always said it was too difficult and expensive to buy locally. And I gave him pharma food and now he's all in. <laughs> Good job. Right. Anti-brainwashing. Right. Okay, so the sec- the third thing you can do is bring transparency. And this is really important. So if you go to Solari, we've put together a list of 80 CBDC and financial transaction freedom shorties. You know, I love these short videos. Mm-hmm. And to give you an example, the first four are fantastic. The first one is the one minute of the head of the BIS basically saying we can make the rules centrally and enforce them centrally with CBDCs. Then the second one is uh, Neil Kashkari, who's head of the Minneapolis Fed, president of one of the 12 Fed banks, saying, I can see why the Chinese would want this because it gives you complete surveillance and control. But why would Americans ever let this happen? Mm-hmm. So if it's so bad that one of the Fed presidents is telling you you don't want it, you know, that's very helpful. That's one minute or less. Then we have Bo Lee from IMF talking about the, op- uh, the, the programmability of money and how they can, you know, create money that you can only use. So so if they decide you can only eat bugs and no pizza, you know, your money will only buy bugs. Um, and then the last one or the fourth and they're 80 is Richard Werner talking about a 
one of the top central bankers of Europe telling us, telling him that they want they're going to CBDC ultimately will be a chip that they want to put in your hand. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, but there's a wealth of things, and by by telling other people what's going on and helping them understand how serious this is. Um, you know, because it's hard for many people to fathom that somebody would want that kind of complete control mm-hmm. and that with AI and software, you can deliver that kind of complete control. Um, uh, but, you know, with a very short video, one minute or less, people get it. And that's the point at which you can turn to your state legislators and your your state banking association and say, OK, what are you guys going to do to make sure I don't end up like the Tennessee truckers? And what's very interesting, we've been in a process where we're briefing different state legislators and working with different state legislators. And if you look at the powers that a state has, you know, under the Constitution now. So now I'm speaking to the Americans. Mm -hmm. The powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states Mm -hmm. and the states have the power to assert, you know, complete sovereignty over the money and the cash flows within their area. Um, and to protect them. Now, they haven't done it. And one of the reasons they haven't done it is the Treasury and the central banks have been very good at making it financially attractive to buy into the federal system. Mm-hmm. And the question is going to come, when is when is it going to come that it's going to be more important to be sovereign and free than to you know get another $2 billion in education aid that requires you to teach your kids how to be sex slaves? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so so one of the things you can do, bring transparency, but start working with your bankers, with your state bankers association and your state legislators and encourage them to take the steps. And if you look at the financial transaction freedom memo, we list all the different things that um, that a federal legislator can do. And in our latest wrap up, we published. Here, let me show you. And I think I sent you a copy. I don't know you if did. you got it. it. Okay. I did it, it. Well, I didn't get it yet because you sent it to my office and I I'm a few hundred miles away from my office. So, ah, okay. <laughs> Give me my home address. Anyway, but a copy of the financial transaction freedom memo was in there. And then um, Richard Warner wrote a great piece for us on why Tennessee should start a sovereign state bank like the one that North Dakota has. As it turned out for constitutional reasons, Tennessee cannot do that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But they can do things to create independent payment systems, and they are in the process of starting a bullion depository and authorizing their treasurer to start buying gold and silver. So um, anyway, but, but, you know, I've got a good update for you. Oh, great. I've I've heard you say that and uh, have had other experiences, and I was motivated to act on that because the average person can't, they don't have the network and the sophistication to connect with their state legislators, but we do as a business. So we've been actively engaged with the Florida state legislature and they're about to introduce legislation for state banking in the state of Florida. Now, why is this so significant? It's only one Fabulous. state, only one state, but the last state to do this was North Dakota over a century ago. So there is no recent experience in the state history in the United States to have this done. So to have a state do it in the 21st century could provide a, a, the, the template, the catalytic template that's required to spread this across the country. That is so fabulous. I that told you so, it was good news. It's a yeah, belated Christmas present. Fabulous. That is yeah. fabulous news because I, as a citizen, the only way I can protect my individual sovereignty is if my state protects my financial right, sovereignty. Right, right. 
So the story I always tell when I talk with the state legislators is, um, is you know, when the when the populist government came into uh, into Greece, into the you know, essentially the presidency of Greece during the financial crisis, um, they tried to, you know, take real action to stop the austerity program of the ECB. And they discovered that a corporate contractor had the payment systems that collected their taxes and they were loyal to the banks and they literally did not control their own tax flows. Hmm. They were controlled by the banks. Yeah. So, but here's the other reason why it's so fabulous. You know, everybody's been watching Florida and what Florida did during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If Florida moves on a sovereign state bank, oh, I know. Then, you know, everybody's going to say, well, if they can do it, I can do it. It makes That's it right. so much easier for state legislators to then act. Exactly what our thought was. Someone's right. got to be the first. Someone's right. got to be the first because, you know, right. then they can follow. They need a leader. Right. There are two things. If if you can have a sovereign state bank, what that means is your citizens are paying taxes into your accounts mm-hmm. and you have the ability working with the state banks and credit unions and financial institutions to keep the transactions going so that the Treasury or the central bank can't lock you down or shut you down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is amazing. If you also have a bullion depository then you've got gold and silver reserves and that has uh but it makes it easier for for other people in the state to have a depository they can trust and that means they can start doing you know transactions with gold and silver particularly if you take the sales tax off tennessee has taken the sales tax off of gold and silver and there's a big squabble now several states have moved to uh to put in bills making gold and silver legal tender but uh do it in a way where they say the feds can't charge capital gains. There's a, you know, there's a squabble coming when it comes to capital gains so that you can use gold and silver as currencies locally. It's a great way to start a local currency. Just do it. Use your gold and silver. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Uh, That is such good news. I'm so happy. (laughs) I thought you'd like that. I was, it was really excited to share it with you. So um, our number one story in our annual wrap up is 2023, the year of pushback. So I have to have that in pushback. Do you know when they're going to announce it? I can find out. Uh, I can talk to my, I can find out from my CEO and let you know. He's, he's been, I haven't done it. He's, you know, I've encouraged him, but he's got the connections and we know a lot of the legislators in Florida because we're a relatively big business in the state and we've developed a lot of good political connections. So. Well, you know something that is so fantastic. And certainly your team should know a lot about financial transaction freedom. (laughs) Yeah, that's part of it, you know. Yeah, Yeah, they understand the importance. There's nothing like having it touch you. That's right, for sure. That was a taking. That was a taking. Yeah, it was. There's no question. And it still doesn't make any sense why they did the last one. The first one did when PNC took my accounts uh two years ago that was in the midst of the pandemic but this was the pandemic was over and it's just out of nowhere chase decides to do this I, and for for no ostensible reason it didn't make sense it's still it's still perplexing but <laughs> i you know here's the thing they uh if you look at the times and in our history, when we've been hacked most of the worst times related to health or ph- pharmaceuticals mm. You would think you you would think all the things we do on finance have been a problem, but the the worst hack we ever got, I can't tell which it was. We did a we published we did two things. We published my big study on pension funds and our future science presentation on on neutrinos. 
And I, I don't know which it was that upset them more, but it's probably pension fund. Yeah, the hacks are problematic. You know, people we get a I get a lot of PR and perception of bravery and courage from my actions. Uh, but it's usually related to this uh the banking discredit, the banking actions they've taken against us. But that is nothing compared to what you just mentioned, the hacking. The the worst devastation we had was last year we had dual challenges. They they hacked us big time. It was professional world-class hackers. And right. it was it was done through social engineering. They bypassed the regular securities. And I mean, literally, it, it was eight figures of damage, eight figures of damage. And we were so, out of commission for two weeks. So here's the to me the worst uh the worst um the worst problem we deal with, hacking is part of it, but it's what I would call dirty trick sabotage headwinds. It's just it's like spiritual warfare 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, we are constantly having interference with the mail. Um, you know, mm. it's it's funny. The biggest sorting center, the biggest mail sorting center we work through is run by a contractor. And I was instrumental in getting a cover page story of them. Uh, they were deeply involved in sex slave trafficking in Eastern Europe and through the UN. <laughs> and I got a cover page story and sent it to all the IT contract heads at all the federal agencies. And ever since then, we've had terrible experience. Well, you know, similarly, we have uh, some even exponentially worse than that because you're just referring to snail mail, which is a relatively small percentage right. of communications. Most of it's electronic for email. And you know, obviously that's the way we, we connect with most all of our customers. And they have very cleverly engineered the whole system. I and mean, half of the email addresses are Google, which you know we have not made a dent in penetrating and helping people understand that they're the tip of the spear of the global, global cabal and anything you write a Gmail, you should not have a Gmail account unless it's a throwaway account. Right. But anyway, most like our business is no different. We've got most of people have Gmail subscribers. So anyway, th- th- that's the backstory for the fact that they are manipulating at the ISP level delivery yes. of our stuff. And, it, yeah. and it, there's almost no workaround and, and even right. stuff communication to us, you know, right. going the other direction. Right. So it never we- makes it. It never makes it. We we were we were banned by AT&T for, I think, over a year. Yeah. And we had to constantly beg our subscribers, please, you know, use an email other than AT&T. And it was really I had a guy from AT&T call me up and say, look, I can fix this if you'll just hire me to redo your website. Yeah, <laughs> a little, little localized extortion. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly don't think he knew where it was coming from. He said, look, there's an internal ban list and I've checked it and you're not on it. And I said, well, you got a super, you know, a super secret. Usually when Google throws us off and blocks us, we can get it on. You know, you have to go through this process and get it unblocked. So it's very time consuming and expensive. But, you know, we could usually get it fixed. Mm. But you're right. The, I mean, the shadow, the the, sa- the the sabotage, it's thousands of things. It's mm-hmm. constant. And building a team of people who who laugh it off and just keep turtling forward that's the trick is to build a, a team and a culture who's so great at spiritual warfare that they think it's funny yeah yeah <laughs> it is that's actually you know, that's one of the goals of life is to find something you enjoy doing creatively basically creatively. Yeah. that's one of the reasons we came down here is to create and to do it with great joy 
Yeah. And yes. I mean, that is the goal. And if you're not having joy, something's wrong. You got to be, this is a fun thing to do. Find well, that's what else. I love about your website because I watch you go through these things, you know, so I remember when you had that problem for, I didn't realize it was two weeks, but I'll watch you deal with, uh, remember when you said, you know, stories are up for 24 hours and the censorship yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. I mean, I've seen you battle and battle and battle and battle and battle. And it's almost as though you're 100% clear that you're on target and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And this is just the, you know, this is just the cost of telling people the truth. Yeah. And the refinement is to do it with great joy. Not not right. to be, be drudgingly dog, man, they did be mean and angry about it. No, it's part, it's a game. <laughs> it's a game. That's right. It's a game. It's completely a game. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It just it just makes the world a difference. You know, it really does. Well, I told you our number one story is the 2023, the year of the pushback. And we normally we have one web page where we list the top 20 stories of the year. The, the the sections and the stories for pushback were so many, we had to create a special page. You know, mm -hmm. so 19 stories are on one page and pushback is on the other page. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until we racked up all the different things that were going on mm -hmm. um, in all the different areas and all the people pushing back. And we realized the pushback this year has been extraordinary. It's as though people realized because of the pandemic, oh, okay. They really are trying to centralize control. Yes, Virginia, there is a conspiracy and we need to stop it. Mm -hmm. And you've had this incredible breakthrough. I just watched an old interview of Pierre Corey talking about how he used to believe that the New York Times was, you know, sort of <laughs> the the uh, gold standard of transparency. <laughs> well, that whole crew, Pierre Corey, uh, yeah. Paul Merrick, Peter McCullough, um, the, um, the um, Steve Kirsch. You know, they're kind of like the leaders of spreading information now from COVID-19. But every one of those people, everyone down to the last person was brainwashed prior to the pandemic. They were Kool-Aid people. A hundred percent. They were Kool-Aid people. They had no idea of right. what the truth was. None. Right. Right. It's quite, it's quite remarkable. But the pandemic, you know, has converted a lot of Kool-Aid people and, and, if you look at the pushback, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. The state treasurers are pushing back against ESG. It's amazing to see. Um, they're pushing back against all sorts of crazy stuff at the SEC. The um, the AGs are pushing back. You know, lawsuits galore. Uh, I, you know, it's just it's it's very and of course the state legislatures and I don't know. I can't wait for Florida to announce that. That's going to be when does the session in Florida start next year? I don't know. I mean, I, I really politics is is not my passion in the least. I, I was actually invited by the Republican Party many years ago to to run for the governor of the state. No, I mean, you would not the, enjoy. No, it wasn't the governor. Would... It was the Senate, and I knew instinctively. It took me you... less than one second to say no. There is no you... way I want to be anywhere near that environment. None, zero, nada. So I should tell you this story. In uh, in the early 2000s, there was a group working very hard to get me to run for president so that I could go to the New Hampshire primary and educate people on what was really going on. Mm -hmm. So I ended up writing a story called Why I Declined to Run for President of the United States. <laughs> and and my I have a very close relative who's an attorney who called me and said, and, and she she was adamant that this was something I should do because she thought it would really educate people. And she said, OK, what would it take? 
what would it take to get you to run? What, mm-hmm. what would we have to give you to get you to run? I said, okay, I would need 250 licenses to kill, no question. And she said, that is absolutely unethical. That's immoral. How dare you ask for that? And I said, how do you expect me to run an organized crime syndicate without licenses to kill? That's good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so uh, needless to say. Yeah, this is the reality of it, really. Right. It's organized crime. Organized crime. Right. It is organized crime. It is organized crime. So 2024, um, I'm very curious to to know what you're thinking about for next year. Hmm. Well, there's definitely some concern. Uh, you know, you're friends with Whitney, and we, it, we I think we were one of the first to broadcast her. Her cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, which she, and she was the first to announce it. And now it's becoming more and more pervasive, the concerns for it. And it looks like it might be sooner rather than later. So that's probably the biggest concern. Right. And that will be a great taking. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's just part of the reason they're doing it. So I, I'm, it, we're, we're actually putting it on an article real soon to help people. And it, I really got serious this time about what you need to do to prepare yourself, especially with respect right. to food. Now that I understand the biochemistry or the molecular biology, more specifically of what you need to, the foods you need to have to maintain optimal biology. So I gave some very specific recommendations uh, about that, you know, the types of carbohydrates and proteins and fats that uh-huh. you have and store, and they could store easily. And then electrical options, you know, like to get batteries in the smaller refrigerators to keep things cold. Cause you know, it's probably only going to offer two to three weeks, not unlikely more than a month, but it's, it's enough time. Right. That, and then the other thing is that if you are, during this two weeks, you might be able to go out the first day or two or three, but you, if you don't impose yourself a mandatory lockdown, you could die because the chaos is going to be so dramatic. I think more people will likely die in this, this event. Actually, you know what it is? I remember it's leave the world behind. You've seen that about, that's a lot of, a lot of, uh, media attention to this have you heard of, seen that no oh you've got to watch it i will send you the article that i, I wrote i'm actually gonna i'm writing it later today and in that article i wrote i mean i did most of the editing last week but i'm finishing my editing today in that article is where i give these specific recommendations so i'll give them to you and and that will actually air the a few days before this interview so uh but it's phenomenal it, it really you know, I, I give my what, what what so leave the world behind is your no 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 this is a Netflix a very popular Netflix uh, ah. drama some people say documentary it was actually the producers of the Obamas go 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 figure oh I've heard about this and yeah. I haven't had a, ta- a chance yeah to you, I would yet. definitely recommend it but I would want read my article first because because okay. there are some very deep Easter eggs in there that virtually no one gets. No one get it, got it. Because there's a lot, most of the people, there are a lot of a lot of Easter eggs, but the one they're finding are not the real truth that I think. And the truth is that when this and, and the, these Easter eggs were not put in by the Obamas, it was it was done by the directors, not mm-hmm. the directors, the producers, the producers. Not the producers, the Obamas are producers. The editors, the editors put it in. That's where the, the editors. Right. So they, it was done surreptitiously. But the, the main message is that when chaos comes, you've got trust is going to be the big thing. You've got to trust right. in yourself and your, your community around you because if you don't have that, you're dead meat. 
Right. You've got to have that. That is like the central thing. And the other, and this is what I've become so passionate about recently. I'm writing a book right now that I should hope to finish next month or the next month that will sell a hundred times more than all my books put together. Maybe a thousand, maybe 10,000 times more. This is going to be an absolute international bestseller. I can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> but the, what, I'm writing, actually, I'm writing five books at the same time. Uh, go figure. <laughs> and I, this is from a person who said they're never going to write another book again. Now I'm writing five at the same, not, not even sequentially at the same time. And the book after that is on parenting. And, and this is a long backstory. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And, and parenting, and I'm not a parent. I have no a negative desire to be a bi- bi- biological parent. But what I've come to understand that because I had such great parents, I mean, they gave me love. Like it was that literally only one in 50 pa- families and parents can do. And that love gave me a sort of a bubble of safety uh-huh. allowed me to go out and share that bubble with other people. And that's, that's because a lot of people saying brave and courageous for doing things. Yeah, it's easy to do if you got parents that loved you. That's simple. So it's very interesting you say that because one of our most popular interviews this year on the Solera Report was with Peter Bregan. Mm-hmm. And sure, sure, we yeah. were focused on how to protect your children against the weaponization of mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what he kept coming back to was again and again, he said, love your children. Yes. That is what protects them. A hundred percent love them and it was all about how to love your children and just yes shower them with love and they Catherine, only one in 50 parents are able to do that one in 50 and it's not because they're stupid or foolish or selfish it's because their parents didn't do that to them that's the reason and it takes an extraordinary parent to break out of that model that bubble of safety they didn't have they were not given to provide that. Now, fortunately, my father did not have that bubble city, but yet he was able to break out of it. Wasn't a perfect parent, but he gave me that bubble for sure. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. So So, anyway, so the book that's coming next that I Mm -hmm. can't wait to hear about or see, can you tell us what it's about? Yeah. It's called the power of choice. Ah, fabulous. The power of choice. First chapter is about how to trust yourself how to do that, which is, I'm particularly gifted. And that's the key. If you, you can't, you know, COVID showed that so clearly. You, you can choose to, cuss, to trust these authoritative outside sources, but it's prescription for disaster. They don't right. have your best interests in mind. And they don't even know what your best interest is. You know, your body knows. And it's just this building this trust. And then when you have that trust, then, then recognize and understand that your ability to radically improve your consciousness level, which I've been doing this within the last two months or so. That's mm-hmm. why you can write five books at once. Your productivity goes right. When you make more choices, you get closer and closer. Your consciousness tends to just radically explode and improve. And then you become highly productive and able to help other people do the same thing, which is the right. golden book. The golden book is not to rely on these authorities. Give, give, give people the tools and the resources, extras, practical, simple exercises they can engage in on a regular basis to build this trust in themselves so they know what to do. And then, and then half of it, this is, I, I was invited to write this book. I'm co-writing it mm-hmm. because of my expertise in biology. It turns out I, I'm probably one of the best health educators on the planet in understanding how to optimize human biology. 
Now, the benefit of that is that when you, the primary way you do that is, is to improve the cellular efficiency to create ATP. And when you do that, you're creating cellular energy. And this energy is precisely the same energy as our source. Mm-hmm. It's identical, identical. The more energy you can create, the higher level of consciousness you can achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a, so, so half of the book, maybe half, a third of the book is about the most important bi- biological interventions I've ever learned, or I have learned in my last 50 years to do. And that are simple, practical, inexpensive, and have, have a magnificent impact on improving. So, so the last time you and I spoke, you were telling me about this package you were putting together. Yeah, I know. All I, your actually, best pieces. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of consolidated that because this, since then, since that last uh-huh. discussion we had, this I was invited to write this book. Ah. It was literally only eight weeks ago, and I've been diligently writing, and and I will have finished this book within three months, and it's a, a hundred thousand word book. Uh, which so is, is some fun. of that going to be in this book, or is it still going to be a separate package? No, it's a separate package. I, I had to put it on hold. I have okay. like five modules done. I have the other three pre-written, but I I'm, I only sleep now four to six hours a night because of I've optimized my biology to do that. I do it safely with not foolishly and sacrificing my long-term health. I'm, and, wow. Yeah. So I've got like a few extra hours a day to do this. And I've actually just my efficiency levels through the roof. I've just radically streamlined my life to be able to do this thing. So I write like, man, I do, I do work on the book about almost seven, eight hours a day. Wow. Yeah. That sounds fabulous. Yo, fabulous is such a profoundly serious understanding. <laughs> so I have to, I have to ask you, have life you, changing. have you read or heard of um, Robert Temple's book, A New Science of Heaven? No, I haven't. I haven't. Never so the it. most popular interview uh, on the Slayer Report this year, there mm-hmm. are two. One was called The Economy of the Human Energy Body with mm-hmm. Ulrich Goniger, who runs our future science. Mm-hmm. And the other was with Joseph Farrell on his new book, The Demon of Echor, which is based on, and a lot of it is in response to Robert Temple's new book, um, a, a New Science of Heaven. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the universe is 99% plasma. Mm-hmm. And 1% is the solids, liquids, gas, you know, of sort of what we describe as the material world. Yeah. And a lot of physicists believe, I believe, that plasma is both alive and intelligent. Mm. And um, and basically, this is a reframing of physics and biology for the reality that we're living in a universe that, that is alive and intelligent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I dare say what you're describing to me about your physiology is you figured out how to plug in <laughs> yeah well it's you know it's it's a lot deeper than that but that's sort of the highlights and i i really am excited about uh, you receiving this book because you're really going to love it it's okay. amazing yeah no it sounds it's like it, i'm really going to love it now can you it, tell me can you give me an eta on what i can get my hands on it <laughs> i'm hoping within a month okay yeah. Well, I mean, you have I've, to promise I've, me that you'll come on and do an interview. Yeah, yeah. Two thirds of the book yeah. is written, you know. So it's just it's in the editing phase now. I mean, okay. I've, you know, every morning I, I get, I, I wake up. I mean, I wake up at about one o'clock on one thirty. And uh, interesting, this is this is one of the take homes when you mm-hmm. get your sleep. Th- this is so magical because all of us have access to guides, right? Everyone does. Mm-hmm. Everyone has guides. 
the problem is there's a lot of interference with your connecting yeah. to guides and that and the interference goes down dramatically at night and this is because other people most everyone's sleeping in your in your uh time zone right and, you know so that their their consciousness is, is suppressed so that allows you to connect better and i'm telling you i sit on the computer and i just i don't even think my fingers are just typing for like two hours it's wow just, it's crazy it's and it, and it, and the the content that's produced is like ninth draft level quality i mean it's just take take change a word oh i misspelled this thing here you know comma here that's about it otherwise there's no changes mm-hmm. it's just shocking <laughs> And then I meet with my co-author, my co-author for about two hours. So, and then we he dictate or they dictate stuff, and then and then I just put the whole. Thing. I'm I kind of like the editor or transcriber. So, well, but think about the think about all the years you've worked to understand and amass and gather all oh, yeah. this yeah. knowledge, and I you're just re- reaching a you know you're reaching an apex where things come together apex is a good description and my co-author explained to me that i'm in the transition phase of my life now i'm transitioning to the sage (laughs) (laughs) i like it the thing the reason i you know i always object to people are always asking me for predictions of what's going to happen and i always object to prophecy because it's a backward way of thinking about the world we invent our world we create our world and 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 we create our world with thousands of choices. So absolutely you know, in choice is all the power. A hundred percent. And that is why you can't predict the future. Of course. It's impossible because it depends on people's choices. And everyone right. has a choice. Right. The choices can make them go backwards or forwards. It's their choice. Right. But the beautiful thing is you have a complete autonomy of those. And even though you may be at the bottom of the bucket, all it takes is one choice. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, one of the things I have to tell you, last year, at the beginning of the year, we did a backcasting. Have you ever done a backcasting? Do you know what a backcasting is? No, I don't even know what that is. Okay, so you know what a forecast is. Oh, okay, now I get it. Okay, a backcast, here's how it works, and we did it. We did it. I was thinking uh, of the back, like the lumbar spine or something, but backcast, what do they do? Plaster Paris or something? So so the backcasting we did last year is it's 2030. Here was the storyline. It's 2030. We're in 2030. Oh, I remember reading that. I remember right. reading that. Yes. We're in 2030. Klaus Schwab has failed completely. He's mm-hmm. in a state of complete depression in his house in the mm-hmm. Alps. Mm-hmm. And freedom is reigning everywhere. And Better yet, he's, he's demented. <laughs> <laughs> he's already demented. And, 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 and freedom is ringing everywhere. And we gather to tell the story of what happened and how, how freedom won. Mm-hmm. And then the nine hosts on the Soleil Report each had that, you know, one did food, one did Europe, one did, you know, they did their different areas. But it was really funny because we were high for a month Mm -hmm. just on imagining the possibilities of of what, you know, what it felt like to walk around in a 2030 that was free and Mm -hmm. and all the magical things that happened to get us there. And um, and it was because we had all chosen Mm -hmm. freedom. It was, it was, it was a choice that we then were following through with, with all the things we would do in the next year to make it happen. And, um, and, and the thing I love about backcasting is it, it helps you gather your power and realize, oh, I can choose. Yes. That that's the whole title of the book, but I I kind of skipped the the parenting book. The reason why I I was strongly averse to, I did not want to do it until I understood that it's this 
the parents have to have that bubble of safety for their kids. But even even aligned with that, and just as important, is that the most effective time to nourish that human biology is early on. And if you can Mm -hmm. optimize their food intake, their environment, they will explode in to their maximum potential. You, yes, you can do that as an adult, and your body is incredibly resilient and it can recover from a lot of damage. But it's more ideal to do it as soon right. as you're Right. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of new babies being born that are very special. I can tell you that. So yeah. there was a magical moment at the end. I was at the Western Price Conference in Kansas yeah. City, mm-hmm. and there's a magical moment. Sally Fallon closed us with a you know, sort of the closing words. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, let me tell you what's important. She said, I want all you young women to go out and, and have reproduce. strong, healthy babies. Yeah. Yeah. There and, is. Yeah. And everyone in this room, your job is to help them. Yes. <laughs> no, that's a profoundly basic, but really important recommendation. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. There was, there was, have, have you ever seen Battlestar Galactica? Oh, I don't think so. Believe it or not, the TV series Battlestar Galactica with Almost is is one of to me is one of the greatest TV series ever made. Oh, really? And I had an intern who at Solari who tried to get me to watch, and I thought, oh, why would I want to watch this? You know, and I resisted mightily, and finally he got me to watch the first one. Hmm. I was hooked, and you know, okay. I watched all five and a half seasons, and then wow. was totally. It was like. It can't stop. Anyway, it's very Shakespearean. It's very, you know, I love opera. So it's life, death, birth, you know, it's anyway. But there's this great scene in the beginning where the Cylons, the robots have uh, attacked the planet and wiped out essentially the civilization, except for Almos's Battlestar fleet, because they're so analog that they Mm -hmm. couldn't, you know, properly hack them. And so uh, now, because of the nuclear war on the planet, the uh, presidency of the civil government has fallen to the 37th in line, who's the secretary of education played by Mary McDonald. And um, and so almost is trying to, you know, protect everybody from the Cylons and is constantly battling, you know, his ships are constantly battling with the Cylon ships. And um, Mary McDonald, the president, tries to interrupt him at one moment. And he says, I don't. I don't know if you happen to notice, but I'm waging a war. And McDonald looks at him and says, General, you've lost the war. Now we have to run away and make babies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, I I, I, I agree. It seems to me my sense is that we're not going to defeat these globalists in our generation. It's just, there's, it's a, maybe, I hope we do, but I think the sense is probably not. It's going to be the next generation that does it. And we're prepping them. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. It's, I don't know how long it takes, but you know, to me it will happen. And the question is how oh, much yes. damage can they do in the meantime? I mean, I'm very concerned about what they're doing to the human race, Yeah. yeah. but I I'm very concerned more. about what they're doing to the environment too. Yeah, so, because you know, prior to this being invited to write this book, I was a lot more pessimistic than you hundred percent. You had the hope. I was just like, eh, I was more of a realistic pragmatist. I didn't see a way around, but now I see a way and you were right. Oh, I absolutely see a way because everything they're doing, they're trying to control something that can't be controlled. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you look at the intelligence and the life in the universe, it's out of control. They can't control it. Mm -hmm. And I I just don't see what what they're doing is so antithetical to life. And it's very dark, Mm -hmm. but it's... um, 
you know, and I think it's, I think this war has been going on for 10,000 years. So it just, yeah, or longer, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's coming to a head. Did you ever read Charles Fort by any chance? No, Charles Fort. Do you know who he was? No, I never heard of him. Look him up on Wikipedia, F-O-R-T, Charles Ford. That bastion was, of truth. <laughs> was a, well, he was a very, actually, for, for non-controversial topics, I find them to be very... Yeah, it's okay, I know. But yeah, yeah. for yeah. anything else, it's like anathema to truth. Well, I'm, I'm always having fun watching them play games online. So, you know, I just... <laughs> I look I was, at mine every year or two to see what the new... I know, just they've noticed got, they've got me married to a woman that I haven't been with for like four or five years, you know. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> well, and you know, we were I, never married. We was never married to her. I studied third year abroad at the, at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. I studied Mandarin and, and uh, at the Chinese University. Suddenly, in the last couple last couple months, it's been wiped out. My <laughs> resume. It's like, why would you wipe that out? It's so it's so strange. Um. And they tried to, I, I got, got into a lot of trouble with various people because from the minute the QAnon appeared, I said it was hope porn. Mm-hmm. And Farrell kept doing interviews all over the internet saying, Fitz says it's hope porn. And I'd get attacked and attacked and attacked. And then right after January 6th, somebody tried to to say on my Wikipedia that I was a QAnon follower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, it was very funny. Yes, uh, you know the, I mean, you and I are both targets, you know, with the, the intelligence community. So it's, it's exactly what you would predict. And it's a pretty effective strategy, but, you know, we're, we're going to beat them. I, I, Catherine, I have the ultimate confidence that we win. I know that. With yeah, 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 yeah. We it's, win. We win, right. we win. There's no doubt in my mind we win. I don't know when, but we win. So one of I don't do you remember Senator Frank Nicely from Tennessee? You should absolutely have him on. He because he, he's been one. He's going to be one of the he, he was one of the people, you know, he got ivermectin. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can buy it over the counter oh, in Tennessee. Nice. And he and that Bud was... Halsey got the mandate. You know, you can't mandate in Tennessee. I mean, they did. Nice. A, they've yeah, done nice. huge amounts of food, freedom things. But he always quotes. um George Washington towards the end of the Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. apparently Washington said, all hope is lost <laughs> and announced that we'd been defeated. And then and then what uh, Senator Nicely says, and then some ornery guys from East Tennessee showed up and saved the day. Slapped <laughs> <laughs> him around a little bit. George, wake up. We're going to win this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Is, but if you look at the history of freedom, it always looks hopeless. And then, whoops. yeah, it does. I mean, it, I, I bought into it. I, I thought it was looking really bad for me. I mean, I, I, I thought we would survive as a species, but they're, they're so intentional. They're so non, they're so delusional. It's essentially bent on self-destruction and they're going to take right. everyone with them with what they're doing. Right. But you know what that is? You know what's it, It's not evil. It's not evil. I learned this in writing the book. It's a disconnection from their consciousness level. They're disconnected. And all they have to do is make the right choices and they can get back. Right. It's not like they're 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 lost. What? Yeah, they're lost. They're lost. Yeah. But they can turn. Everyone can turn back. Just make a choice. Yeah. No matter how perceptively evil you are or appear to be. Right. Right. So, a twenty twenty four is going to be an interesting year. Oh so. yes, yeah. From that, personally, I'm going to be publishing five books or at least three or four. Uh huh. Yeah. 
I got to catch up because it's like I was t- it was one book. I was what one book for every year of the of the century. So I'm I, I'll get, I'll get there. I'll get to twenty three pretty soon <laughs> or twenty four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, will you publish five books? And uh, you know, every time I turn around, you we talked about Whitney Webb's uh, Big Bang. Yeah. Uh, but but. I, I have never seen as many predictions of a big bang event. And here's what's frightening to you me. mean the big bang, the, the, the cyber attack? Well, c- cyber attack, nuclear war. Oh, okay. Uh, Russia, you okay. know, attacks the United States, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Taiwan. There, mm-hmm. there are all these big bang scenario predictions. Mm-hmm. And yet it's always in the future. If you look at what's happening in people's lives with the great poisoning or inflation or interest rates, you know, we're, we're, uh, it's not coming. It's here. We're in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's here. You're right. 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 We're in it. And I don't know if you call it the great turning or the, um, one of the interesting things that I wanted to mention to you was when we, when we took a serious look at AI, Mm -hmm. one of the topics that came up was whether or not it was possible for most humans to stay sane in the sort of, in a world where AI rolls out in the way it's going to roll out. Mm-hmm. In other words, think of this, you think of the equivalent of, did you ever see the movie, the, um, that movie about the Stasi, uh, where they have surveillance teams on them, 24 seven surveillance in I East Germany. Yeah. And, oh, the lives of others, fabulous mm-hmm. movie, the lives of others. Think thousands of organizations are basically going to take the equivalent of a 24-7 Stasi team and put you under surveillance, not to help you, but to sort of help them extract from you whatever they want, whether it's to make a sale or to get your data or to persuade you to think a certain thing. But you're going to have these thousands of teams working on you to get you to to do what's mm-hmm. good for whoever sent the team, not what's good for you. Nobody's optimizing your coherence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? They're just, you know, thousands of little extraction machineries coming at you. Mm-hmm. And, and the question is, can you stay individually and personally coherent? You know, can you in that situation, you know, maintain your power of choice? Yeah. It's going to be difficult because these are very sophisticated models that are, I mean, AI is just, it, it is, I've always said that the internet was the greatest invention in the history of humanity, but no, AI exceeds that for sure. No, not even any micro doubt. And, and it's, you know, we don't, not many fully appreciate it yet, but they will in a, in a matter of years, few years, but the, 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 and it could devastate us, but I've got some inside information that gives provides some level of reassurance that there can be code inserted to this that will minimize its negative impact and and their ability to control us and it's actually in the process of being inserted now oh that would be wonderful yeah i can assure you it's in process well from where i sit it just makes a huge mess oh it is it, i mean it could it, it it is the i was concerned about it you know, ostensibly uh-huh. that's where they fired the head of I, I, uh, Open AI, Sam Altman, and then they rehired him. The board fired him because he wasn't being doing his due diligence with AI safety, and he wasn't. But it turns out it doesn't matter because there's other people taking care of it, and he's not going to be one of them. Uh, so that's a good thing. I got to tell you, one of my I hope books, you're right. What I'm pretty confident. It's, you bank on this one. So one of my books that I'm writing, it's on poetry. 
Really? <laughs> a book of poems. Wonderful. Yeah, mostly love poems, but yeah, a whole book of poems. I never liked poetry, but the, since I started this process, I've just become very creative. <laughs> oh, I, I spent several years of my life where that was my goal, was to become a poet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll send I'll send you some of my poems, too. Okay, I've definitely. Got a, I've got about, it's a book's about a quarter done. Uh-huh. It's, I try to write one or two a day. Sometimes, I, like in Christmas, I wrote 10, so. Wow, you are on a roll. I that that's a pretty profoundly serious understatement, actually. <laughs> this is why this is why you've got to get that package out of all your health recommendations. Well, it, it 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 got deprioritized when I got uh, asked to collaborate with this project. So okay, uh, it's this is the more powerful one. The one's going to impact a lot more people. I mean, mine is going to be good. They, they're going to work together, but I just uh huh, I just had to put it on the back burner for a while. Well, okay. So what else in 2024 do you think? So we've got the big bang. We've got five books. Yeah. We've got, um, we've got the who coming up. And- no, you know, that, yeah, that, that's all negative. You know, what they're going to try to do or attempt to do is get the security. But I think, I think the big focus and my, my strategy. Uh-huh. I don't know if I, I'm not gonna, I can't tell you because I just don't want them to get the, no, 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 don't, don't, don't say what. I can't word. disclose it. I can't disclose it. But I was, I'll so, just private. Here's what I will say. So we're going to, I'm coming back to the United States in January. Yeah. And between January and June, we're going to be doing something called the Financial Transaction Freedom Tour. Mm-hmm. And we're scripting the locations now. But one of the locations I know I'm coming to is in Florida. Okay. So one of the things I want to do as in my bucket list is for, for 2024 is finally meet you in person. Oh, cool. So I will let you know when we come. Well, to we, we would if Sally ever invited me to those events, but she just, I'm not her, I'm on her X list. So <laughs> what, what, why? Yeah, I used to, I used to be on her advisory board, but then I had, I disagree with her on Cod Liver Oil and she next me out. So I'm ex community mm. from the Western Price community. <laughs> oh no. Well, they all love you. I know, I've... but Sally, she's the one that controls it. So I, well, I don't know, but all I can tell you is I've been to two, the last two years, I've been to two Weston Price conferences and everybody loves you. So, oh, well, thank you. That's good to know because I haven't been there <laughs> because this, this falling out of favor in Sally's Grace has occurred well, almost a decade ago. Oh, really? Yeah, a long time. Yeah, probably close to a decade, if not maybe eight years, nine years. I don't know. It seems to me that cod liver oil should never be allowed to get to between two such great people. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't me. I, it, it was her that did it. So I, I, I will give you an interesting factoid. I just talked yeah. to my general counsel who's in Cincinnati, and I'm a huge uh, fan of castor oil. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went through this 11 years of litigation, and I literally couldn't go to a doctor or hospital. It wasn't safe. So I mm-hmm. had to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. And I ended up trying every old-timey recipe there was and fell in love with castor oil. So, so um, my... General counsel was in the local health food store in Cincinnati, and the head of the store was complaining to her the other day that for the last two months they cannot keep castor oil in stock. Uh, it's rolling off the shelf so fast. How do you use yours? Just to do castor oil pack? So I use yeah, I do castor oil packs, or sometimes I will if I have a just sore muscle, I'll rub castor oil in. Yeah, but do you usually want to hear- it's castor oil pack. Well, I think maybe the better way. Uh oh. Take, take some of the castor oil. Rub it uh-huh. on over your liver, or just on the right side, right below yeah. your ribs, and then take some DMSO, maybe 10, 15 drops, and rub it in on top of that. Uh, do a workout. Really? 
do a workout and then go into your near infrared sauna <laughs> or do the near infrared. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, because now I'm connecting with my guides early in the morning, they tell me all these great things. And one of them is this, you know, there is a deficiency when, when especially where you're in the Netherlands, uh-huh. there's, there's virtually no sun there in the winter, you know, from like, yeah. So I have a sunlamp and infrared. So yes, I that's exactly sunlamp. what you yeah. need. Yeah. hundred percent. You could use a near infrared sauna, which is maybe overkill, but what you need is that bulb like in the morning and at night and just do a bath with it, like in a, right. a shower where you just move it over your body for a few minutes and get that, that, that near infrared radiation into your body. It's a, and yeah. then do it over the castor oil too. Cause right. Works- I want to get a, I want to get a soul, uh, sauna too, but I haven't, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Haven't. but, but I, 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 I've actually ch- transitioned my recommendations on saunas to a near for sauna to actually a far because it's just easier the problem with the near for sauna the enclosures they're really pricey because at least the existing ones are they're emf freeze and they got these shielding in there so you can use mm-hmm. a regular far infrared sauna that doesn't have high emf and uh then you can get in that and then you can use you can use the near infrared bulb in there or you know in the morning and afternoon i keep i right. keep my bulb on my bed and i do it before i go to sleep and when i wake up okay yeah but that's good. The heat lamp bulb is just oh, especially yeah. in the winter. If you go out in the sun, sun in the in the summer, it's not necessary as much, hardly at all. Right. In the winter, just like everyone swallows a vitamin D pill, they're it's great because they're compensated for decreased UVB, but they're not compensating for near infrared. The only right. way you can do that was a heat lamp bulb. Right. There's no there's no near infrared pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just can't do it. Can't yeah, do it. there's nothing like the sun though. Oh. So. That is, I my, think that, is, download... that is the first module. That's my first right. module. So I, right. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll give it to you I, privately. I'll send you the link, okay, to the first okay. four modules so you can have you can have them and enjoy them. But okay. you can't distribute them until it comes out. I will not. Okay. I will not. I will not. Okay. You just have to promise me we can do an interview when they're ready. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's easy to do. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, wow. This is, I knew this would be fun. Didn't I tell you it'd be fun at the beginning? So what are we going to talk about? I don't know, but I know it's going to be fun. <laughs> so, Well, here's the funny thing. There's two things we have to do. We have to stop, um, you know, we have to stop financial transaction control, but we have to do a bill. I call it the building wealth reset, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's, we do need a reset, but we need a reset that builds wealth. And when I say builds wealth, it builds living equity and financial mm-hmm. equity, yes. you know, and that starts with health, which is why all the things you're doing, I want to make sure yeah. we get to everybody well, as soon as be, we possibly can. Because now I'm writing at one in the morning or two in the morning, <laughs> somewhere in that time. And, you know, it's it done facilitated at a very accelerated rate. So the, and this knowledge is really good. And it's, I'm basing it on 50 years of experience. So it's coming out real quick. I've actually got uh, 55 pages of the draft. And it'll probably turn into 100 pages after I, wow. know, if I, after, after I get, get to it. But I mean, it's probably going to start that in a week or two. So it's going to be fun. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, if you want to know if his recommendations work, just look at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. You know, it, I did initially it was kind of a selfish motivation to stay healthy. But, you know, then I, I knew. So one of my passions is to teach. I just get just get such great joy of helping people. I mean, it yeah. just, just lights my fire, really does. Yeah, it does. And it, you know, something you can tell in the website, every time I get, you know, I get usually an email. I think you send one almost every day. Yeah, we do every day. And, yeah. yeah. And, and you get it and it's filled with, you know, you can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you got to empower yeah. people. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. And it's this, these books are going to do even more because 
it addresses the reason why see it's not just knowledge Catherine. it's the ability to the desire to want to do it to address the behavioral modification components and that's what this right. book behavior choice does or not behavior choice the power choice that it gives you the tools to internally to understand how your connection to consciousness works so that you can have the power to make the right choices that allow you to do these things. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all connected. It's all connected. So it's I, funny during the litigation, I would get in these moments where, you know, I had many different attorneys and they would sort of surround me and say, you have to do this. You mm-hmm. have no choice. You, know, <laughs> you always your choices, have choice. <laughs> your choices are closed. You can't. Uh, no, and no. I would say, you know something? I refuse. I'm yeah. not going to do that. That's you can't choice. make me do that. That's a choice. And That's and choice. I would choose it. But then you know what would happen? Suddenly, an option would open up that wasn't there before. You know, in what, other words, know. my refusal to go, you know, to the pathway that I had no choice but to take, created a new choice. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I'm convinced that the software is programmed that way. You know, it's like, okay, see if you can corner, but, but by saying no, you then create new options that appear that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have appeared unless you'd done that. But can I tell you why you're able to do that? There's a number of reasons. Would you like to know my perception? I would love to know. Your parents both loved you. No. (laughs) Well, it may seem that way. That's well, what I, I, about, that's I, what I thought I about my father too, but the, the the power that you have typically only comes from someone who has had had a bubble of safety created when they were growing up, and and even though their parents' behavior may not look like it. So yeah. I I would say that that I did experience extraordinary love as a child. Mm-hmm. So you know, but I also experienced uh, how can I say this. I, from the from the from the um, from the earliest my earliest age, mm-hmm. I have always felt complete confidence in my ability to to you know to search and to find to seek and to find. Yeah, yeah, because it's that love that your parents created for you, and then your your ability that curiosity that you have that I have too, just just causes you to ask more questions and choose, and that just and then then you're able to trust yourself really well. That's what you do. That's that your ability to resist those authorities that were telling you right. to do this. You knew you listened to your body. You trusted yourself that there was that was not the right answer, and when right. you don't trust yourself, is when things start to breakdown big time right always a big mistake to yeah. not trust always yourself. always right. always yeah right so yeah we're on the same page we think we have similar you cannot it's hard to be to have an impact in this world unless you have that circuitry going for you you know it really is otherwise you just spiral downhill you know you really do well i do you remember the there in physics? I forget the name of the experiment. There's an experiment where they prove the two atoms mm-hmm. further than the sound of, uh, you know, the speed of light and the and the and sound or like, the like quantum, of, quantum entanglement. You're yeah, uh, you know, act in concert, demonstrating mm-hmm. a shared intelligence. Yeah. It's quantum, anyway, so quantum entanglement. Yeah. So I was in Washington. I was driving down the. I was coming home late from my company, and I was. I had a black Corvette named Fred and I was driving Fred down the 
out to McLean down the George Washington Parkway. And I heard this on the Dancing Willie Masters. I was listening to it in audio and I got out of I stopped. I pulled the car over to the side of the road and it was walking up and down at 11 o'clock at night screaming. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because, you know, I've always known that the universe was intelligent and and um you know, and that our intelligence is extraordinary and non-local. I've always known that. Yeah, I know. That's because you, you're, you're connected. <laughs> I applaud you for doing that, making the choices. You've made a lot of good choices in your life, a lot of good ones, and hard choices. Making these yeah. choices requires a lot of bravery and courage, and you've done it. Is well, here, here's what was interesting. In, in 1998, it was clear to me, you know, I'm just going to talk like a financial person, that if you have a negative return on economy, hmm? then it's just going to liquidate its way through everything. Yeah, of course. It's like the movie, the never ending story. That's the nothing. And mm -hmm. it's just going to steal and steal and steal. And, and if you don't, if you go along with it, it's, you know, there's nothing good that can come of it. Mm -hmm. And what was shocking to me was that wasn't obvious to everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's when I said, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm pulling out. I'm going to fight this and I'm not playing. And, I was just amazed that, you know, that wasn't obvious. Now, with the pandemic, it's become obvious to a lot of people. And I think they realize, you know, you can't you can't have perpetual financial returns if labor productivity is going down and you have mass atrocity and mm -hmm. and the GDP is not growing. In other words, you can't. The, the growth of the parasite can't go forever if the host is dying no, it's it's mathematical inevitable self-destruction it's right. just a matter of delaying it until whenever but but that's but you know we can change it as um who's your friend exactly again? what is this david bell wasn't uh david webb david webb okay sorry yeah uh yeah so david describes and we discussed earlier you know it doesn't have to be this way and things like making state banks in florida hopefully soon yeah and the rest of the country you know could catalyze the movement in the right well direction. here's the little secret the little secret is if if we did do the building wealth reset there's plenty for everybody a hundred percent i like his idea this this tax on a financial transaction less than one percent is your new tax instead of paying forty percent right it's like a half of 1%. That's fine. It's fine with me. Yeah. And, and then mean, the productivity it, of the planet, your individual, but the productivity right. of, collectively of the entire globe just goes to the roof and you have all this abundance. Right. It's possible. Right. We're yeah, going to help it's, change it's, the world. It's absolutely possible. Have you had Richard Werner yet on, on, on no, your show? No, I haven't. No. I, okay. I've so Richard Werner does, you know, he's I, the I've top scholar. To in yeah. central banking, but he does the best presentation of why you can have essentially infinite growth without inflation. Yeah, it's possible. It, yeah. You get the scammers out of there and the government for sure. <laughs> the rackets. 100%. Get the rackets out. Yeah, for sure. No question. Anyway, but Richard is my favorite economist for explaining why it can work. And he, he, completely understands and he yeah. you know he's the guy who really unpacked what the central bankers were up to when he did yeah it's, one, it's one thing about exposing it but the other is which i would enjoy your material more is because you provide the practical things that people can do it's you know you could it it's nice to understand the problem but you need a solution right and the solutions yeah. start with one person that's right 
One so one person, as you said, one choice, mm -hmm. but also one family, mm -hmm. because you have to, you know, you have to have healthy people, mm -hmm. healthy, happy people and healthy, happy people come out of loving families. hundred percent. And then those loving families build family enterprises and the wealth grows from there. So it's to me, if you look at our building wealth curriculum, that's what we keep saying. You you build healthy people. So you build living equity, successful cultures, successful environments, and that creates financial wealth. And then the financial wealth supports the living equity and around and around you go. It's a virtual circle. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you know, right now we're allowing the financial equity to destroy the living equity and nothing good can come from that. Yeah. It's crazy, but we're, we're making improvement. So I'm going to send you, <laughs> I just occurred to me that uh, you, I've got like, a, it's, I wrote the summary of the book already, which is interesting. I wrote the summary of the, one of the first things, you know, uh, because the whole book is known by my co-author. So I'm just helping coordinate it. But the summary is finished and you're going to love the summary. I was, I was crying for 10 minutes after I finished it. I, wow. Was, yeah. I Isn't it wonderful when you, when you are able to burp out what you have to say? Well, I, I, I'm just typing. That's <laughs> you know, like it. That's all it is. It just comes out, and I just I'm just like my jaw drops, and I start crying. I couldn't believe it. So I'll send it to you. You'll like it. You'll oh, it's like wonderful. It. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then I'll send you that. And what else did I promise you? Uh, oh, my article is coming out next week. The uh, yeah, on, right. uh, leave the world behind. So don't look at the movie until you read this because it'll it'll make it much better if you choose to okay. watch. You don't have no, to. No, I'll, I'll definitely watch yeah. it. I'll yeah. definitely watch it. I mean, it. You, it seems like you enjoy film and there's a lot of value to that. I, I just, I'm so busy now. It's hard to find time to do it. I used to watch it a little before I went to bed, but now I just, I, I just work till I drop, which is about seven o'clock. And then I go to bed, <laughs> wake up at one. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it really is cool. I, you know, you it's something you can, you can't, you can't play with it. You have to really commit to it because if you just get up at one and do things, then you'll screw up your critic. If you're, yeah. you know, you get up at five, your you're, circadian biology will be screwed up. So it's like a, you got to do it or not do it. So you can't play with it. But it's amazing. It really is. It's it's life changing. I cannot believe the difference. Powerful okay. tool. All right, Catherine. Uh, it's a delight to have you on. Is there are there any directions we'd like to point people to? Like your site and things, Celery uh, Report. So, uh, yeah. So our website is celery.com and we publish the Celery Report. We're just about to publish the annual wrap up, which is our assessment and you know synthesis of everything going on. And believe it or not, our big, you know we do one big theme. I'm a great believer that if you understand the primary trends, mm -hmm. you know you can really it makes it much easier to understand the news. And so each. Each quarterly and annual wrap up, we do one theme, and our theme this uh, this year is water. So we're doing a deep dive on water, which is, you know, if I had to do it all over again, there were two things I'd study in college. One is water, and the other is symbols. And uh, I I love to understand water. Yeah, it's definitely definitely useful. <laughs> <laughs> If I like, I, if I take mine over, I'd like to take Spanish as a language <laughs> and be able to speak Spanish. That would have been a really useful tool. Yes, yes I wish I would have known that earlier. But anyway, but 
we're on the Solaria report. You can find us at solaria.com and um, and you will find many links. So we do an, a news aggregator where we publish headlines every day and then we aggregate them in table presses that can be manipulated. And what you'll discover if you manipulate our table presses is we are a huge fan of Mercola.com. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely connect when I get the, the book written. Um, okay. I'm hoping it's, it's definitely published quarter one next year. So, okay. Yeah. The power. Of I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't even found a publishing house. We're probably going to self-publish. We're, we're going to create our own publishing house for this because it, it's going to be a lot of material. This is, this is going to be hundreds of millions of books sold. So it's going to be big. Uh, if you can do it yourself, I would definitely do it yourself. Yeah, I know. That's what, that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Our own publishing house. So. Yeah, I would definitely do it yourself. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. Well, good talking to you, Catherine. Keep up. Have a wonderful. Here's here's huge prayers for a prosperous and successful 2024 for you and all your listeners. Well, thank you for those kind words. Appreciate it.